the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend is producing and engineering today's program. He actually did that yesterday as well. I misspoke. There, I've said it. Well, today we're going to take a look at some of the headline news, followed by the lighter side of the news, and in the second hour, the Christian outlook. Alan Jackson will talk about his recent tweet expressing the need to support authority, including law enforcement and first responders. We'll hear from Dr. Jack Graham. He's going to emphasize the need for a revival of Bible study, genuine repentance, and consistent prayer. And finally, Andrew Farley about his book, The Grace Message, Is the gospel really that good? That's all coming up in the second hour of today's program as part of the Christian Outlook. First, looking at some of the headlines, the uh, World Health Organization has declared the end of COVID-19 global public health emergency. The pandemic has been on a downward trend with population immunity increasing from vaccination and infection, leading to fewer deaths, according to WHO. The United States is set to end its own COVID public health emergency on Thursday. Nearly 7 million people have died from the virus worldwide since the World Health Organization first declared the emergency on the 30th of January in 2020. That's according to the U.N. organization's official data. Tedros, he says, however, the true death toll is at least 20 million. Well, some Americans' biggest companies, some of America's biggest companies, are sending out the equivalent of trigger warnings for their customers ahead of Mother's Day. While featuring LGBT messaging on their websites, the now viral thread from Twitter, user Arizona Informer, shows several screenshots of opt-out messaging from Kroger, Levi Strauss, DoorDash, and other well-known companies with language that includes calling Mother's Day and Father's Day sensitive times and that the holiday can even be triggering. Somehow we've survived up to this point, but no longer. Kroger owned Fry Food Stores, for instance. They shared an opt-out message which read, in part, we know Mother's Day and Father's Day can be sensitive times for some. The company's website also includes an LGBT Pride Month celebration page featuring the transgender flag. I didn't know there was one and a human rights campaign equality logo. HRC also advocates for same sex parenting and families on its website. I'm not sure what that has to do with acknowledging mothers and fathers on Mother's and Father's Day, but that's where we are today. Rochelle Walensky resigned today from her position as the head of the CDC, citing the end of the COVID-19 pandemic as an optimal transition point to turn over the reins to a successor. Walensky last, uh, Lewinsky's last day, rather, will be June 30th. An interim CDC director has not yet been announced. I've never been prouder of anything I've done in my professional career, she wrote in a statement announcing her resignation. Walensky is 54. She came on to run the CDC two years ago as the country was navigating the latter half of the COVID pandemic. 
a career infectious disease specialist. Walensky had no experience running government agencies when she was tapped by President Biden. She quickly became the face of the CDC's reluctance to jettison COVID mitigation measures that were initially sold to the public as emergency measures when the pandemic emerged in March of 2020. Shortly after taking the helm, Walensky made headlines for confessing during a public presentation on COVID that she felt a sense of impending doom about the trajectory of the virus and the country's ability to respond. In the spring of 21, Walensky told vaccinated Americans they could stop wearing masks in public settings only to reverse course when the Delta variant emerged. Numerous studies have since emerged, which suggest the cloth or surgical masks of the kind most Americans wore throughout the pandemic provide little to no benefit. And Dr. Anthony Fauci, who led the White House's coronavirus task force, admitted in a recent New York Times interview that their efforts and their effect was marginal. Uber is seeking to patent a uh, patent rather pre-match riders and drivers using AI. So when you contact Uber for a ride, they're going to put it through a program. They're at least seeking to patent the technology to put you with just the right driver. Uh, let's see. Corporations are helping Mulvaney and the uh, trans movement replace women. So slap in the face. Women are suggesting and a Democrat is seeking to regulate AI generated campaign ads after a GOP video depicted a dystopian Biden victory in 2024. Demonstrators flooded Governor DeSantis office after Florida Republicans passed a sweeping education bill. Police made at least a dozen arrests as the protesters planted themselves inside his office. DeSantis was not at the Capitol at the time, though bemused staffers could be seen behind a walled desk. Dozens of protesters locked arms, sat on the carpet and refused to comply with police officers, warning that they must vacate the area within 20 minutes. The first piece of legislation prevents students and teachers from being required to use pronouns that don't correspond to a person's biological sex. And the second bill bans diversity programs and colleges throughout the state. The bill sailed um, through the Florida House and Senate to the desk of the governor, who is expected to sign them this week. The White House on Thursday said it's grateful to the government of Mexico for its efforts to uh, at aiding, I should say, the U.S. with what is expected to be a massive migrant surge at the southern border when the Title 42 public health order ends next week. Officials announced this week a number of collaborative measures on the topic of migration as the order, which allows for the rapid expulsion of migrants at the southern border, is set to expire on May the 11th. Mexico agreed to continue to accept returns of a certain number of Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans and Venezuelans on humanitarian grounds that it had been accepting as uh, Title 42 returns as part of the formation of a humanitarian parole program for those nationalities in January. Boston Red Sox fans seemingly snubbed Bud Light vendors at Fenway Park on Wednesday, opting to purchase concessions at other stands as the beer brand remains embroiled in controversy over its partnership with transgender TikToker Dylan Mulvaney. A top Republican senator who's also a retired U.S. Army active duty infantry officer warned the Biden Pentagon Uh, That the use of drag performers, says a U.S. Navy digital ambassador, will only turn off potential enlistees. Senator Tom Cotton told the story on Thursday that the U.S. military is already feeling the effects of underwhelming recruitment numbers across the board and that the proverbial deployment of Harpy Daniels, whose real name is Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, is not helping. He said all branches have faced a recruiting crisis under President Biden's tenure. 
A bipartisan group of U.S. senators, including Senator Tom Cotton and Senator Chris Murphy, a Republican and a Democrat, respectively, have proposed a bill to ban all U.S. children under the age of 13 from using social media. The four senators have, uh, who have proposed the legislation, among them Senator Katie Britt from Alabama, Republican, and Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii, a Democrat, say they believe they are uh, representative of millions of American parents who are gravely worried that social media companies are largely unchecked and what they can serve up to their children, the Associated Press reported on Thursday. Their bill titled Protecting Kids on Social Media Act calls for a minimum age of 13 for users on social media sites and would require parental consent and age verification for users under 18. Teens are turning to My AI for mental health support, which doctors warn against, saying there are dangerous risks. The White House is considering a short-term debt ceiling extension. They're not taking the possibility of a short-term debt ceiling extension off the table as it weighs options to avoid the country's Defaulting on its debts as President Biden prepares to meet Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the matter next week. On Thursday, the Office of Management and Budget Director Shalanda Young told reporters at a White House uh, at the White House that extending the debt ceiling was an option. Biden Budget Director Shalanda Young can't say whether Biden was joking or not when he riffed he was all for limiting spending, however. Her comments come ahead of a Tuesday meeting between Biden and congressional leaders to discuss a resolution to the budgetary standoff. The nation hit its $31.38 trillion debt limit in January of this year, prompting Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen to resort to extraordinary measures to keep the government afloat. She has, however, warned that the situation will become untenable by uh, June the 1st, rather, and urged lawmakers to resolve the issue. While Democrats have advocated for a clean increase to the nation's spending limit, Republicans have sought to pair any increase with a provision to limit spending and address the national debt. The Republican-dominated House in April passed a plan to extend the debt limit for one year while capping the growth of federal spending. President Biden has indicated he will veto the plan should it ever reach his desk. Seattle's new law does not allow police officers to pursue criminals. Not quite sure what they can do as of Wednesday, no Seattle police officer, no Seattle police department officer is allowed to engage in a pursuit unless the officer has been trained in an emergency vehicle operator course or pursuit intervention technique while employed with the Seattle police department, according to a source within the the department. Any pursuit must also meet all current requirements listed in the department's policy, according to a source within the Police Department. Under the new state law, police no longer need probable cause to initiate a pursuit. Instead, reasonable suspicion that a person inside a vehicle has committed or is committing a crime would be enough to give chase. Unless you're SWAT, the way the bill is written, most officers cannot pursue suspects based on the new law. Again, this applies to all circumstances, including a suspect that a cop sees committing a murder before fleeing. SPD officers do not have this kind of training. Chicago police stations are housing migrants taken to the city. We'll tell you more about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're going to continue to wind our way through some of the day's headlines and in the next couple of segments, the lighter side of the news. 
Well, Chicago police stations are housing migrants taken to the city. Why call yourself a sanctuary city if you have no plan to take care of migrants sent your way? Julio Rosas says police stations in Chicago are now having to become homeless shelters for processed and released migrants who made it to the city due to the lack of space as a result of the growing number of people coming from the U.S.-Mexico border. Pictures on Twitter shows the lobby of the police stations full of people sleeping on the ground. 16th and 17th District Police Scanner says this is the 24th District Chicago Police Station lobby located near Clark and Devon. This is inhumane. This is a lack of planning. This is the result of failure. It's easy to declare sanctuary status, but much harder to actually be a sanctuary. A New York City councilman introduced a bill last week that would see wealthy residents pay higher fines for civil violations like double parking and littering. Justin Brannon, chair of the council's finance committee, wants a sliding scale program to be instituted that would see fines charged in proportion to an individual's income. Fines for civil violations tend to vary from 50, uh, around $50 to a few hundred dollars. Brannon's proposal is a pilot program, and the exact details would be decided by city officials if it ends up being instituted. Versions of the day fine programs have been instituted in other countries and other parts of the U.S., but they generally focus on felonies or misdemeanors, not civil offenses. Brannon says so-called day fines would help the city recoup heavy losses, including some of the $2 billion it's currently owed. A recent independent budgeting report found most of that haul is tied to unpaid parking and speed camera enforcement tickets. Senator Dianne Feinstein released a statement on Thursday pushing back on suggestions that her absence has stalled President Joe Biden's judicial nominations and made no mention of when she might return to the Senate. The 89-year-old senator, who has been absent from the Senate since March when she was hospitalized with shingles, said in a statement there's been no slowdown on judicial confirmations with her gone. Feinstein sits on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is tasked with vetting the president's judicial nominations before they go to the Senate floor for full confirmation. The statement points out that the committee has advanced eight district and circuit court nominees in her absence. But without Feinstein present, the committee is evenly split between Republicans and Democrats and with nominees needing a majority to make it out of the committee and onto the Senate floor for full confirmation. Those who would garner no Republican support currently sit in limbo. Meanwhile, New York Progressive Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said Monday that it was time the 89-year-old Democrat senator retire amid lengthy absence from Congress due to her ill health. An embattled George Soros rather, bankrolled prosecutor in St. Louis resigned Thursday amid a legal effort by Missouri Attorney General to fire her for allegedly neglecting her duties. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kimberly Gardner, the city's top prosecutor, is stepping down following repeated bipartisan calls for her resignation from officials across Missouri. Gardner's office tweeted Gardner's resignation letter, which was addressed to the people of St. Louis. Gardner is one of the first progressive prosecutors whom Soros, a liberal billionaire and Democrat megadonor, bankrolled in 2016 and again for her reelection in 2020. She announced last month that she'll seek a third term. Her resignation is effective June 1st. Montana Governor Greg Janfort has signed a set of five pro-life bills to protect babies from abortions. 
The Montana governor signed five pro-life bills into law and celebrated five additional pro-life measures that are on their way to his desk. Among the newly passed legislation are measures to strengthen Montana's laws to prevent taxpayer funding of abortion, require abortion providers to report women harmed by abortion pills, protect the lives of abortion survivors, require the licensing of abortion facilities, and create an adoption tax credit and a child tax credit for children under the age of six. Before signing the five bills into law, the governor announced two pro-life policies in his budget for Montana families. The budget includes a $1,200 refundable child tax credit for children under six and an adoption tax credit for up to $7,500. The California Reparations Tax Force, uh, Force rather, will vote on a series of proposals this weekend that could see descendants of slavery living in the state each receive up to $1.2 million dollars. In a series of documents published Monday, the task force indicted, or rather indicated it will vote Saturday to recommend the, uh, the state of California officially apologize for racism and slavery and offer down payments of varying amounts to eligible black ref, uh, residents. Why would California have to apologize for slavery? California, rather, was never a slave state. Um, so there is some question about that. A Trump era policy is set to expire next week, sparking Warnings of an increase of migration along the southern border. And now a bipartisan pair of senators is trying to buy the Biden administration more time. Senators Kirsten Sinema and Tom Tillis are working on legislation that would grant a temporary two-year authority to expel migrants from the United States, similar to what is currently allowed under Title 42, a law that permits the U.S. to deny asylum and migration claims for public health reasons. A key distinction is that the extension being proposed by Tillis and Sinema does not rely on public health orders, making it fun, uh, functionally different for the tr- from the Trump-era program uh, that uh, Biden kept in place. A group of 14 Republican senators wrote a letter Wednesday to Secretary of Navy Carlos del Toro asking why the Navy enlisted a TikTok drag queen to beef up recruitment numbers. Senators uh, Cruz and uh, Rubio and others told Del Toro that we are concerned about both the promotion of a banned app and behavior that many deem inappropriate in a professional workplace. Their letter follows media coverage this week of how Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly had been named a digital ambassador for the Navy as part of a pilot program that started in November and ran through March. Fact-checking a fact-check on jobs. The April jobs numbers came in higher than expected, with 253,000 added, besting the Wall Street Journal's um, or, the, or Wall Street's 180,000 projection. But that's positive news. That positive news belies the fact that the U.S. economy continues to slump toward a recession as 40-year high inflation makes Americans poorer. A reality the fact-checkers seek to uh, to spin away from as they uh, trumpet the dubious claim. Uh, that the uh, Biden administration has the highest job creation for a president ever. The media sought to shade the uh, deceptiveness of that claim by acknowledging a myriad of factors like time in office and types of jobs included would be uh, would indeed change the outcome. The number of Americans dying from fentanyl overdoses more than tripled from 2016 to 2021, from 5.7 deaths per 100,000 to 21.2 deaths per 100,000. The Writers Guild of America, the union, whose members include the majority of writers for much of the broadcast television, as well as streaming platforms such as Netflix and Amazon, went on strike on Wednesday after negotiations with the studios failed to produce an agreement to pay for benefits 
uh, in those negotiations. The programs immediately affected include the late night shows. Uh, Unfortunately, the uh, daytime shows featuring a bunch of, uh, well, cackling hens, otherwise known as, well, never mind, apparently um, will continue unabated. The story surrounding the alleged drone attacks on the Kremlin on Wednesday continues to evolve as at first Moscow blamed Ukraine. Immediately, Russia Russia reported it has a foiled assassination attempt on Vladimir Putin, a planned terrorist act. However, Moscow quickly spun its accusations away from Kiev and on to Washington. According to the Kremlin now, their spokesperson said such a level of terrorist attacks are made not by Kiev, but in Washington. Kiev only does what it is told to do, end quote. Unsurprisingly, the Biden administration responded that the accusation was ludicrous. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby emphasized that the United States had no role in it, whatever, whatsoever. Fortunately, former U.S. DIA intel officer Rebecca Kofler, she suggests that it has all the earmarks of a false flag operation. And according to Kofler, the reason would be for Putin to justify launching a massive, potentially decapitating strike on Kiev. What a clear what is clear regarding this event is that nothing is clear. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Quick break. We'll be back to take a look at the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. James Blend will join me as we take a look at the lighter side of the news. And then in the second hour of today's program, The Christian Outlook, featuring Alan Jackson, Dr. Jack Graham, and Andrew Farley, author of The Grace Message. All of that coming up in the second hour of today's program. James Blend, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You brought this uh, first story to my attention, and it is uh, very puzzling. Hundreds of pounds of pasta were dumped in the New Jersey woods. Hundreds of pounds. And it's cooked pasta. A lot of details remain (laughs) un-aldentified. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. Still, it went viral on social media this week. Mountains of spaghetti and heaps of elbow noodles lined a creek in the woods in New Jersey's Old Bridge Township. No one seems to know where it came from, but the photos have social media boiling. It was like the old song, on top of spaghetti all covered with cheese. The community leader and advocate posted photos of what she estimated to be hundreds of pounds of pasta dumped near a park at local Facebook um, groups, or rather two local Facebook groups, An Old Bridge spokesperson told the Inquirer on Thursday that the Department of Public Works visited the site and did, in fact, find what appeared to be 15 wheelbarrows uh, loads of illegally dumped pasta along a creek in a residential neighborhood. Now, where might that have come from? That's a good question. I mean, the the question is also, too, if there's such a thing as 500 pounds of illegally dumped pasta, does that mean there's such a thing as 500 pounds of legally dumped pasta? That is a, um, that's a good question. That's a very good question. How did the pasta get there and who brought it? Well, the pasta's source has not been publicly revealed, which means they may know it's not been publicly revealed. The mayor's office and the council member for the area uh, didn't respond to requests for comment. A city spokesperson told the Enquirer that police are investigating the incident. How did it get there? Who brought it? Why? It's unknown. Mission impossible. An odd debate online over the pasta photos is whether the noodles were cooked. Some speculated that even though they were cooked, it may have just been from exposure to rain. 
but I think heat is also required. But anyway, um, the uh, spokesperson for the mayor's office said the pasta was indeed cooked. It looked like someone filled up a wheelbarrow of pasta and dumped it over and over again. It looks like it was only there for a short time, but uh, moisture did start to soften some of the pasta beyond what had been the case. Uh, They're concerned about uh, contamination with that kind of a food item. But the mystery continues. It it certainly bears the question. It's like even a restaurant wouldn't have that much cooked pasta around. I mean, because you cook it as you need it. So yeah. it, it does. It's like somebody decided, I'm going to massively feed the people of this town in a pasta feed, and about halfway through it, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it really is a mystery to have that much pasta that's cooked and then to dump it. Yeah. Was this a Guinness World Record attempt that failed, or what? What happened? I, I mean, you know, it, it certainly uh, you know begs the question. It's like you know. I would have liked the opportunity to eat it. I'm just saying, not in that situation, but uh, before it got to be dumped out. Well, the world may never know. The world may never know. It's very true. And uh, I'll be honest, as a pasta lover, it's kind of sad. It is There's a sad aspect to it. Such a waste. Exactly. Well, if you're looking for a new gig, the Blackpool Zoo in the United Kingdom is hiring an employee, or rather employees, to scare seagulls away. And more than 250 people from Australia and here in the U.S., as well as Ukraine, have reportedly already put in applications. Your see, job I'm, trying would to be th- t- I'm trying to think what's more annoying, seagulls or talk show hosts. Um, this is a close call here. Oh, would that I had controls. Yes. Over the mics. Mm-hmm. But I have not. You do not. No, I do. Can you imagine being paid to do this? And would this be uh, consist of an eight-hour shift in which you just blah, all of a sudden, you throw your arms up, you run out, you come back in, you wait another 10 minutes, blah, you go running out, your arms up, you come back in, wait another 10 minutes. How exactly would you go about it as a, a job? And the other thing is, let, let's be honest here, seagulls do have a way of extracting revenge upon someone who would do this to them. Do they at least give you a poncho? Well, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. Yeah, it's a very good question. Well, this next uh, little segment is uh, titled, from my perspective, when animals attack. And oh, yes, they do. Consider this. A steer escaped during a senior prank. This is a high school prank and ran loose through Chicago in the suburbs. So residents there were in for a surprise when a steer escaped during the high school senior prank gone wrong and went running through the town. The Niles police said several seniors from the Northridge Preparatory or Preparatory School were pulling a senior prank in the early hours on Thursday that involved bringing live animals to the school, including a steer, a pig and multiple chickens. Police said the steer escaped from the students and was seen running through the streets of Niles. Witnesses captured video showing people chasing the steer through the neighborhood. Police said they were able to corner the steer behind some homes and it was captured with the help of an animal expert. Uh, the steer was taken to the Hooved Animals Humane Soci- Society in Woodstock. Northridge Preparatory Administrators said that an internal investigation has been opened, but the school is not pursuing criminal charges against the pranksters. After it all, it was a senior prank. Not uncommon. The Hooved Humane Society? Apparently there is the Hooved Humane Society. 
I wonder what the unhooved humane society is like. That's the dog pound. Uh, probably true. Yeah. When animals attack. Well, a deer broke through the window of a Michigan home, jumping on the family's bed. It's gone. Uh, it's going to take some uh, time for this whole thing to be sorted out. Um, the Bay County Sheriff's Office in Michigan posted about the unusual incident, noting that it was uh, not their usual uh, breaking and entering suspect. They shared that at 4 p.m. on Monday. Fortunately, it was early enough that they probably weren't in bed at the time. A Monitor Township, Michigan family of five heard their front window smash. However, the loud crash was not from a human trespasser. It was a deer who started dashing through the family home. The family quickly oh, enlisted, dear. yeah, enlisted the help of law enforcement and called 911. Law enforcement came and assisted the family in smoking the adventurous deer outside. I'm not sure that was good for the family or the home. After a call to 911, deputies responded to assist in apprehending the suspect. The Bay County Sheriff's Office wrote in a Facebook post, the deputy, um, Austin Jobes, was first on scene and was able to locate the suspect deer in a bedroom of the home. Police snapped a picture of the deer perched atop one of the beds, looking alert and staring directly into the camera. The deputies eventually were able to lure the deer out of the bedroom, and while blocking off all the other rooms, the deer zipped out of their uh, front door and went Back into the wild. Boy, what a story that deer had to tell. The Bay County Sheriff's Office had uh, said that no one was injured and the family opted to not press any charges, adding that this incident is proof that there is no ordinary day in law enforcement. Wow. When animals attack. A Virginia elementary school shared video of a mother duck parading her ducklings through the school's hallways after the babies hatched in a courtyard The Ashburn Elementary School in Loudoun County posted a video to Twitter showing the uh, waterfowl family being escorted through the school's hallways to an external door. School officials said the mother laid her eggs in a closed-in courtyard, so the birds had to pass through the building on their way to the pond up the road. Make way for the ducklings, the school tweeted. The school said a second duckling paraded is expected soon as another mother duck laid her eggs in a second courtyard. When animals attack, we'll continue in just a few moments. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Did I miss the attack part in that last one? It was horrible. There are animals everywhere. Okay. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend has joined me as we're working our way through some of the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour, this week's Christian Outlook with an emphasis on prayer. We're talking about when animals attack. And oh, yes, they do. Famous last words. Oh, he, she, it never did that before. How many times have I heard that? A steer escaped during a senior prank. We mentioned that in the previous hour. And a mother duck led ducklings on parade through a Virginia school. Horrific event. And a baby gibbon briefly escaped an enclosure in the San Antonio Zoo. Officials at the zoo confirmed a baby gibbon briefly escaped from its enclosure and was safely captured minutes later. When animals attack. Ah! A wandering bull, actually plural, visited a residential neighborhood, was caught on camera. A wandering bull made its way to a residential neighborhood in Texas where it was caught on video by security cameras and surprised witnesses. Hmm. When animals attack. 
Oh, no. A pony and a goat were found walking together on a Connecticut highway. This spells nothing but trouble. Connecticut State Police said troopers responded to a busy highway on a report of a goat and a pony walking together in a roadway. Whoa. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad. A large snake brought traffic to a stop at an intersection in Prince William County, Virginia. The snake was in an electrical panel at the intersection of Prince William Parkway and Sudley Manor Drive and caused a power outage on Monday. The Prince Shocking. William County Police Department said a police officer and an animal control officer worked together to remove the snake from the panel and release the snake unharmed in the area. The snake was so large that it flipped a breaker switch uh, to shut off the signal, but it didn't damage anything inside the box, according to police. It be- it's believed that the snake had been living in the box for a while due to molten skin found inside. Ugh, excuse me while I pause. Ugh. Yeah, that is a little bit gross. Yeah. When traffic signals aren't working because of a power outage, police say to treat the intersections like stop signs. When animals attack. The electricity. An Australian snake catcher was called out to a vacation resort to relocate a venomous snake that was sucked up into a vacuum cleaner by a panicked holiday maker. Drew Godfrey of Hervey Bay Snake Catchers said he received a call from a couple who spotted a snake in their unit in Harvey Bay or Hervey Bay, Queensland. It's a resort. And the husband called back in a few minutes later. He called back quickly saying not to worry because his wife had vacuumed it up. I explained that they were protected species and it would be cruel and illegal to leave it in there. They understood and were happy for us to come. End quote. Well, Godfrey posted a video to Facebook showing him removing the snake, a mildly venomous, mildly venomous. Now, do those two words go together? It does seem an oxymoron to me. Mildly and venomous yellow-faced whip snake from the vacuum cleaner reservoir. Uh, Just when you think you've seen it all in this job, someone calls you and says his wife sucked up a snake in a vacuum cleaner, Godfrey said. Well, he said the yellow-faced whip snakes are often confused uh, for far more dangerous eastern brown snakes. He said whip snakes are only uh, mildly venomous compared to their the bites of a bee sting, which I don't care for either. So, And you really can't interview a uh, yellow-faced whip snake to find out, are you a yellow-faced whip snake or are you the more dangerous eastern brown snake? You don't really have the opportunity to have that kind of conversation. No, that's, that's usually saved for cartoons. Yeah. Well, he released the snakes into a nearby wilderness area. Well, the beloved Queen Elizabeth II's corgis have been an enduring symbol of the British royal family. But there's a new breed on the block with a new king, the plucky Jack Russell Terrier. Bluebell and Beth, two rescue dogs belonging to King Charles III's wife, Queen Camilla. I guess she's queen, not queen consort, uh, are the new hairy residents at Buckingham Palace. The pooches have been captured in photos with the queen consort and appeared in a portrait of the royal couple for the 15th wedding anniversary in 2020. I think it's fair to say that the Jack Russell is probably going to increase in popularity, said a spokesperson for the Kennel Club, the governing body for all matters canine in Britain, has noted um, a rise in registrations of new puppies. Ownership of corgis, Queen Elizabeth's constant companions throughout her 70-year reign, may fall back just a little bit, he predicts. 
According to Lambert, Jack Russells, like all dogs, enjoy company, but they also like a bit of luxury. Queen Camilla, used to that, adopted Beth from the Battersea Dogs and Cats home, where she is the uh, a royal patron. Uh, Bluebell was uh, rehomed from the same South London shelter sometime later. Originally bred in the 19th century for fox hunting, the energetic Jack Russell Terrier is already a popular breed in Britain. At an agility training course for dogs, Leslie Roberts said that she had owned Jack Russells for about 35 years. Sporting a purple collar, her pet Lorna jumped up and down impatiently in the hope of securing a treat. I suppose it's quite a nice thing to have a royal dog, she said with a laugh. So out with the corgis and in with the Jack Russell. Well, the question is, uh, I, I, you know, will the Jack Russell Terrier be coronated tomorrow as well? well? That's a good question. Are you planning on getting up in the wee hours of the morning to watch the coronation? I am not, but you, you seem like the type that would be going to bed early tonight and, and getting up. It was at 2 a.m., I think it is. Yeah, it is 2 a.m. I'm singing on Saturday with the Portland Singing Christmas Tree for their night of worship at Sunset Church. By the way, there's a 2 o'clock and a 6 o'clock performance, and there's an opportunity for dinner in between. Go to the website for more information. Oh, uh, anyway, so I will be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I will be sleeping through the night. I will not watch, but I will watch the reruns or wherever I can pick up elements of it. Yeah, I may I may watch some clips here and there, but just because the, the, the pomp and circumstance is mildly intriguing to me, but... Uh, kind of like being more interested in the movie than you are the cast, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So my interest is limited. Well, here's an interesting uh, idea. Dozens of bawling Japanese babies faced off on Saturday in a traditional crying sumo ritual. It's believed to bring the infants good health, which returned for the first time in about four years after the pandemic. Pairs of toddlers wearing ceremonial sumo aprons were held up by their parents and faced each other in the sumo ring at a, a temple in Tokyo. Staff wearing oni masks tried to make the babies cry. These are rather unattractive masks. They tried to make the babies cry with a first to ball declared the winner by a sumo referee in an elaborate traditional uniform holding a wooden fan used to signal victory. I thought the idea was to prevent babies from crying, not induce fear and dread and um, cause them to cry. It feels that way, yeah. Sumo baby crying competition. Anyway, it's a festival. We can tell a baby's health condition by listening to the way they cry. Today she may get nervous and not cry so much, but I want her to hear, but I want to hear her healthy cry, said one mother of an eight-month-old who's part of the uh, crying sumo competition. It's held in shrines and temples nationwide to the delight of parents and onlookers. Uh, A total of 64 babies participated in the ritual. The rules vary from region to region. In some places, parents want their offspring to be the first to cry. In others, the first to weep is the loser. So you might want to shop around and find out which suits your uh, particular baby best. Did you want to comment on that, James? You know, I, I anything I think of is just it just seems like cruelty to me. So I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, you know, it just sounds so mean. Well, um, you know, I try, I definitely try to avoid my child crying. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, not sure I get it, but to each his own. Hey, we are done. Coming up, news and traffic here at the top of the hour, and when we return, the Christian Outlook featuring prayer. So stay with us. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. 
If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 